Hi, my name is Josh Lingle, and in this session, we're going to talk about how Muslims come to Christ. It's my great uh, pleasure and joy to be able to provide you with some tools uh, to effectively evangelize your Muslim friends with the gospel. As I teach you, there's a, a few things that I'm going to assume. First, uh, my assumption is that you're listening to this and watching this class because you feel called in some way to study to reach Muslims around you, or uh, you love Muslims and you're passionately compared to share the, G the gospel with Muslims throughout the world. My second assumption is that you must understand Islam in order to understand a great deal about Muslims. It's unlikely for someone to be an efficient, effective evangelist amongst Muslims without discovering how a Muslim thinks or why they act. So we need to have both a theological understanding of Islam as well as a cultural and personal uh, and spiritual understanding of it. The best way I think you can understand about what Muslims think and how they communicate is to talk to Muslims yourself. Muslims are as different as there are people in this world. Each one of them thinks differently and holds to their own sets of beliefs. And that's why I require that all of my students share the gospel with three to five Muslims per semester for an hour in each uh, time they go out to do evangelism. Uh, throughout the, the course in my class, it's important for them to learn to communicate and love them as they go. Unfortunately, uh, many of you will not have the opportunity to do this, but for many of you in your local surroundings, in your churches, where you are in your countries, you are going to be able to do outreach with Muslims and certainly will require that as part of these courses. So please know that we're limited in understanding Muslims if we do not go out and speak with them ourselves. It's one of the most important ways to understand about our Muslim friends. Nonetheless, we're going to do the next best thing. I have ministered among Muslims and studied uh, Islam for over 21 years. I've gone to six universities in studying out their Islamic history and theology uh, uh, under Muslim scholars, uh, Western scholars, Christians, and so on. And I'm going to try and do my best to help you understand the foundations of why Muslims believe what they do. Who is their prophet? What are their religious writings? Their traditions and their holy books? And the better you understand Islam, the better you'll understand the worldview of your Muslim friends. Our, our subject is how Muslims come to Christ. And throughout uh, further courses, we're going to talk about Christian apologetics to Islam. We're going to study, first, the life of Muhammad and their prophet. Uh, secondly, Islam's authoritative religious writings and traditions. Thirdly, we're going to look at their holy book, the Quran. And we'll also uh, look, fourthly, at uh, uh, apologetic for one of the most important issues that separates Christianity and Islam, the person of Jesus. There'll be many other subjects that will be covered in the other classes, but um, we'll teach you about the theological issues between Islam and Christianity, and the practical and cultural issues, spiritual issues, that are related to winning Muslims to Christ. So I've been left with the uh, task of taking you deeper into the Islamic sources and its worldview. We'll explore the challenges of Islam that presents to us as Christians, and what we can do to challenge the truth of the uh, claims of the Islamic teachings. So far, I've mentioned this word several times, worldview. What is a worldview? 
Well, simply, it is the lenses through which you see the world. If something is in another person's worldview that is true, then that means that something in yours is false and vice versa. Addressing that difference and demonstrating that thing in their worldview is not true is called a polemic. For example, the Quran is the word of God for a Muslim, whereas for the, as the Bible is the word of God for a Christian. Both can't be true because they uh, teach different things. So a refutation of the Quran being the word of God is a polemic. In soccer, you have defenders who are your, uh, your, your apologists. They're protecting and defending your goal. The people who are the forwards are trying to make goals or score points and so on. They are the polemicists. And although I don't think it's about uh, scoring points, it is a, an effective analogy to consider. Famous missiologist Paul Hebert says that at times, our worldview no longer makes sense of our world. If another more adequate one is presented to us, we may reject the old and adopt the new. For uh, ex-Muslims uh, ex uh, may decide uh, uh, Christianity offers um, uh, better answers to their questions than does their old religion. Such worldview shifts are at the heart of what we call conversion and transformation. Islam opposes the Christian worldview uh, as you may come to understand, Islam, above any other religion outside of Christianity, opposes the most fundamental foundations of the Christian faith. Islam claims to come from uh, the God of the Bible, but it teach, its teachings are far from the same. The Islamic perspective is very explicit in its writings on the Quran and denying the deity of Jesus. Muslims will also say that our Bible has been corrupted, that it has been changed over time, that we worship three gods, that the Father, Jesus, and Miriam is part of the Trinity, and they have a false understanding of that Trinity. And many of you will, uh, will also hear that Jesus is never crucified, he's not the Son of God, and the list goes on. So we have responses to all these objections. We'll cover these very thoroughly in our, throughout these 35 courses. Uh, but the reason I'm sharing this with you is to illustrate that we are, in fact, confronted with a religion which in its essence opposes the Christian faith even more and stronger than any other religious concept because it poses to come from the God of the Bible and yet Islam denies the truths of the Bible. So faced with these challenges, as evangelists, we have tools which are called apologetics or answers to the Muslim questions. And in the courses that we'll cover after this, it'll, it's called Christian Answers to Islam or Christian Apologetics to Islam. But what are apologetics? Apologetics are a reasonable defense of the Christian faith. And an apologetic is used to remove obstacles or uh, things that are in the path of the listener. And as we've just mentioned, there are many, many obstacles to our Muslim listeners. I like what Ravi Zacharias, uh, talk, when he talks about the Australians as being the bush-clearing effect, uh, is what apologetics is all about. This means that you clear the bushes away in the path so that the other person can see the path and not focus on the bushes or the obstacles to that path. And so look at apologetics as the bush-clearing job of the Christian evangelist. Muslims have many, many questions about the Christian faith. And you'll be asked to answer those questions. And as evangelists, what we're doing is removing those obstacles 
so the questioner and the truth seeker can see the person of Christ and the cross. We're clearing away the bushes so that they can see the cross of Christ. On the other hand of the spectrum is polemics. A polemic is essentially disputing another person's worldview, which is in direct conflict with our own. Muslim leaders are training their people in polemics. And if you go to the Al-Azhar in Cairo in Egypt, uh, or some of the other Islamic seminaries uh, that are prominent throughout the Muslim world, you'll see that many of the issues that we are talking about are issues that they are trained in. They are also making progress in evangelizing non-Muslims, including Westerners. There were 20 to 30,000 conversions to Islam within just four months after 9-11 in the United States and in France, there's been a reported 50,000 conversions to Islam. In the United States and England, one of the ways that Muslims will make an appeal to the West is putting out videos of how Christian evangelicals, evangelicals are converting to Islam. And this is true, they are converting in many places. There are over 30,000 Muslim apologists who have a rigorous ability to challenge the Bible as the word of God for many Christians. Dr. Ravi Zacharias made that statement back when I was 18 years old, uh, back in the 1990. And at that time, he had talked about the great challenge that the church was facing. He said that we had maybe only a, a few Christians who were actually able to respond to them. He was asking, what are we doing in our churches to prepare our young people to defend against that? The, this class is a response to that great need that we have in the church. We need to raise up young and old to be able to respond to the challenges of Islam, not just in answering questions, but we're creating the kinds of disciples and the kinds of people that can live out their faith in the spirit of God to win the world to Christ. I've been in hundreds of conversations with Muslims who are very bold and polemical about their opinions and attacking Christianity. A very famous missionary to Muslims from South Africa, Gerhard Nell says, that Muslims profess that they stand for, uh, what they stand for, and I take it, they expect the same from us. If we avoid the controversial issues when we're challenged, we'll certainly be viewed as men and women with little conviction. So my Muslim friends have been very interested and engaged when I'm able to respond intelligently to their questions, and that is apologetics. And I'm also able to challenge their worldview in, res uh, in response to them challenging mine. And that communicates passion, and it communicates conviction, and that's polemics. But I must be clear that ultimately Christian apologetics to Islam is not a set of good or easy answers to Muslims' hard questions. Uh, this is not about winning arguments. Uh, this is about the Great Commission and fulfilling the Great Commission in reaching people for Christ. A true Christian apologetic, in my opinion, is your life. Christian apologetics to Islam is your life. The word of God needs to penetrate and change your life so that you can be an effective witness to Muslims. Your life will validate what you say to them with your mouth and hopefully through the curriculum in your own personal discipleship, we'll see many more Muslims come to Christ throughout the world. A major Christian leader has said that more Muslim youth come to Christ right now that in any other group in the world, if they hear the gospel the right way and they see it lived out in your life. Since the Islamic revolution in Iran 25 years ago, 
there are estimates that over 250,000 to upwards of 2 million Iranian Shiite Muslims have come to Christ. I was with one of the leaders of a major missionary organization recently and was told that there are some 100,000 Muslims that have come to Christ in Algeria since that time of Raymond Long. And I know of another 13,000 or, or more up in Pakistan that also have come to Christ. But I want to encourage you that even though the need to reach out to Muslims is great, there's also great hope. Muslims do come to Christ. There are many reasons why. Muslims will come to Christ and come to faith depending upon the region, the people, uh, the groups they, they, they're with, and the individuals. But we'll see that the Bible, and often apologetics, plays a, a significant role or a central role in their conversion stories. And I want to go through some of the reasons for conversions with you. God uses different circumstances as a catalyst to draw Muslims to himself. He uses political situations. Uh, in Iran is a, a great example. In Iran, the Islamic Revolution took place in 1979. And in that time, a fundamentalist regime took over the country and has remained in power to this day. 30 years later, while living under an impressive Islamic government and an impressive form of Islam, many Iranian Muslims have rejected Islam and accepted Christ. There are more Muslims coming to Christ in Iran today than in any other Muslim nation in the world. Another circumstance that God uses to open the doors is, uh, to conversion is immigration. In the last century, millions of Muslims have immigrated from their homes to Christian nations. They're in search of educational opportunities, job opportunities, and religious political freedoms. Back in many of their countries, uh, the gospel could not be shared openly. And so many former Muslims have come to Christ after, after immigrating. And I have many friends who were former Muslims that came to Christ this way. They hear the gospel and then they form uh, ethnic churches in the various cities uh, throughout different countries. And um, ministries have developed around universities in the U.S. and Europe, um, throughout Asia and so on and to reach these international students, for example. In fact, so many Muslims have migrated to countries uh, like the United States that some missionaries have moved back from the Muslim world to, act to the West in order to target immigrant communities that they feel called to. So, for example, in Brazil, there, um, there are more Lebanese than anywhere else outside of Lebanon. It's the largest Lebanese-populated country in the world outside of Lebanon, which means that Brazil is a great place to go if you feel called to reach Lebanese people. So a third circumstance uh, the Lord uses are natural catastrophes. Many of the natural disasters we've seen uh, over the past years uh, in the last centuries have hit Muslim countries the hardest. We see earthquakes in Turkey, in Iran, the tsunamis of Indonesia, um, India, and Bangladesh. The compassionate response of Christians from all over the world uh, have, towards their Muslim neighbors has been a powerful testimony of the love of Christ. In fact, Christian organizations in Western nations have given more funds, aid, and assistance to these countries than all the uh, other oil-rich Muslim nations and governments combined. When Muslims ex experience the love of Christ uh, through Christians, they become open to the gospel message. 
Remember Paul's words in 2 Corinthians uh, 3, 2, that he said, you are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by all men. Quite often the Spirit of God speaks to the hearts of men and women through the living letter of his people. God speaks in their examples of their lives and their actions. Obviously this testifies powerfully to the true God that we follow. So these are all some of the circumstances that God has used to expose Muslims to Christianity. Uh, again, politics and immigration and natural catastrophes. But what are the factors which directly lead to the conversion of Muslims to Christianity? Why do they become Christians? Well, one of them is the lifestyle of Christians. As I mentioned, the greatest apologetic or defense you can give about, of the Christian faith is your life. Christian apologetics to Islam is your life, where you go out to them and spend your life reaching out to them. It's about your whole life. How do you imitate Christ? Are you, are you loving those Muslims that are around you, in your city, in your neighbors, with God's love? Do you care and have godly emotions about the Muslims, your neighbors, and the poor? Is the power of God flowing through your life? Do you have a devotional life where, where, the, where the scriptures and the spirit of God flows out of who you are in reaching out to the Muslims around you? Is his presence real to you as your assault and as your light to all men? And finally, do you share the gospel? Do you, do you get involved and not, are not just lackadaisical about reaching out, but you're committed to consistently sowing seed into the lives of non-Christian unsaved people? Do you share with passion and zeal by the Holy Spirit, passionate to see them come to know him? Are you empowered by the Holy Spirit in what you're doing? If you answered yes to this, then you are prepared to be a lifestyle witness to Muslims. And I'm convinced that Christ's model for how to live is far superior than any other religion in the world. A second factor that leads to conversion is answered prayer. This comes in the form of miracles. Uh, comes Muslims often are seeking blessings or barakah. Uh, uh, and the power and the blessings of God is evident through answered prayers and through healings and miracles. God is breaking in supernaturally into the lives of Muslims globally, and he's using Christians like you and I to do it. And here are some powerful examples of answered prayer. One North African Muslim neighbor asked Christians to pray for his very sick daughter, and when they prayed, she was healed in the name of Jesus. In Senegal, a Muslim witch doctor was not able to heal a patient through his sorcery. And when he was powerless to heal, he actually referred the patient to the Christians in the area because they, they knew that he, they had the power to heal, and so they did. In Pakistan, a, a crippled Shiite Muslim girl went on a pilgrimage to Mecca, the holy city of Islam. And it was hoped that she would be healed there, but that didn't happen. And after she prayed, she returned home, and Christians prayed for her, and she was healed. A third factor that leads Muslims to Christ are dreams and visions. Uh, there's a ministry that many of you know called the Jesus Film Project. Uh, they travel to areas of the world that have not been reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ and show the Jesus Film to large crowds and villages. And in one in particular instance, a ministry team was in a village in Afghanistan. The crowd was gathered and the movie began to play and a little while into the film, 
the people in the audience began to kind of stir and wrestle around. Missionaries couldn't figure out what was going on. Why, why were they talking to each other and so on? And it was very strange. So, so the team began to, to stop the film. And after five, six, seven minutes into the film, they went forward and talked to the audience. Uh, it was very strange because they began to scream and wail at certain points. And uh, the missionaries began to ask, and they said, you know, why, why is it that you're talking during this film? Why is it that you're, you're, you're calling out and so on and, and so on, disturbing it? And they said, because the man that's up on that film, Jesus, was walking through our village three days ago. So we can see that the power of God that is showing up amongst Muslims, we're seeing signs and wonders, we're seeing miracles happen, answered prayer, and sometimes... The, even through this village, we can see visions of a Christ, not, not different from the apostle Paul, Saul, who saw on the road to Damascus, Jesus. Hallelujah. So our God is powerful, and God, uh, the God we love is able to reach the Muslim people. A fourth factor is that Muslims become dissatisfied with their form of Islam. They've experienced so that they turn to the Bible for an alternative. One author explains that throughout the process, Muslim converts have, uh, about Islam or, or, or the Quran, uh, they have testimonies that often describe the doubts that arise in many Muslim minds about problems that they discover in their religion, such as the rituals, the, the incredible amount of violence preached by some Muslims, or even in the historical accounts of the Hadith and the Islamic traditions, uh, they begin doubting what they understood about Islam, and so they end up converting to, to, the Bible, to the Bible and following Christ. So the Bible plays a very large role in Muslims coming to faith in Jesus. One Iranian woman gave this testimony, that for seven years, uh, a Zenibia dominated my life. Uh, Zenibia is a, a, a strict Islamic school for girls. Yet nothing changed. I tried so hard, I, I searched for peace within my own religion, and, but found nothing. Instead, everything worsened. I, I included, uh, including my depression, and uh, an Iranian lady gave me a Bible, and once I began to read the Bible, I couldn't get enough of it, and I knew Jesus was far more than a, a prophet, and so uh, she says, I, I know the scriptures of the Quran. I've done all the things that Muslims do. I prayed all the prayers that they pray. I did it all, but found no peace from Allah or from Islam, and I would love to tell all the people of Iran about the beautiful Jesus I've seen. I want to give my whole life to Christ. <laughs> so uh, in, in another instance, one Algerian woman was also dissatisfied with Islam. She explains, quote, my own belief in Islam was severely tested by the empty formality and unconcealed hypocrisy I witnessed in virtually every aspect of Islam's social and institutional life. I remember leading a, a Muslim to, uh, woman to Christ in Istanbul, Turkey, that I had been there uh, some three times and, and met with her with, with teammates and so on. And my team had discussed many things with her. But when we asked her why, why she left Islam, uh, I was surprised. She said it was because she realized that Muhammad had so many wives. And he did have a lot of wives. And this was a polemic in Islam that was turning her off from Islam and towards the faith in Christ. And so Muslims are seeking for truth themselves. And so sometimes 
they have uh, already done their own apologetic work or their own polemical work, and they begin to decide that this is not the worldview that I wanted, this is not the religion I want to follow, or the God I want to follow, the prophet I want to follow, I want to follow Christ. One Somalian believer said that, I believed in the God of Muhammad, then I began to doubt the credibility of Islam. Through a friend, I discovered Christianity, and I began to compare the two religions. Uh, this man also gave me a Bible, and I started to read it. So an Afghani Muslim was, was despairing after he found in the Quran, he turned to the Islamic traditions, the Hadith, which brought even greater senses of hopelessness and attaining salvation. And this Afghani says, in this desperate and depressed state of mind, I began to read the Holy Angel, the New Testament, to correct any possible defects in my investigations. So this teaches us that we should be encouraged to engage in uh, discussions using both apologetics and polemics, and that we should uh, be encouraged to point Muslims to the scriptures, to the Bible, uh, as relationships since the message of the Bible grips and convinces Muslims of truth. Because of the centrality of scriptures in the conversion of many Muslims, you must be able uh, to tell the story of the gospel. The majority of the world's population are oral learners. They learn through hearing, and so it's very important to be able to tell stories of the gospel from the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. And if you can't share the gospel story from Genesis to Revelation, I suggest that you learn. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing from the message and from the word of God. One missionary uh, to Muslims explains that he examined testimonies from former Muslims from at least 33 different countries. Uh, in almost all of the extensive testimonies, there was a reference to the importance of the Bible, the New Testament, and a comparison of the Quran with the Bible in their conversion process. And this is very informative. Out of 33 different countries, Muslims from very diverse backgrounds, the Bible and a comparison of, the, of Christianity with Islam, the Bible played a central role in conversion for these Muslims. So thus there is uh, not only a need for storytelling the gospel, but also for understanding and, and using apologetics and polemics in various environments. For a Muslim to read the Bible as God's word, there's a fundamental need to remove the barriers to their seeking the Bible as a source of truth. And this is done through an apologetic defense of the scriptures as the word of God. As Muslims uh, turn to the Bible, they will have many questions about it as it departs from the teachings of the Quran. And as a missionary, they may only have you uh, as a Christian to look to for those answers. As a comparison of the Bible and the Quran play a role in many conversions, there will also be a required measure of polemics. And this is the, the, this is the word of God, and this is why this is not the word of God, and here's why. Uh, there are some uh, Christian websites now that have hundreds of former Muslims on video, and you can go online and see them and watch, uh, watch them give their testimonies of why they actually became Christians. But apologetics and, and polemics, sharing the gospel, all these things play a central role in uh, their conversion. You should always remember, uh, though, the words of what the great missionary Temple Gardner said, all debate or all dialogue 
should be done with the intent to save. It's not about arguing about uh, theological questions or whatever. That's, it's, that's not what it's about. As Muslims compare the Bible and the Quran, debates are, though, another tool that can be utilized. For example, the Lausanne uh, Second Committee reported that, um, quote, an ex-Muslim evangelist of West Africa had reported one many by confrontation. He has fiery debates, even in public places, including mosques. He estimates that as many as 800 decisions were made for Christ back in 1988. In Kosovo, uh, Christians debate local imams or Muslim priests. Uh, these are public debates where Islam is taken on in front of the whole community. And this is culturally appropriate to do so. They, they en enjoy the debating and, and dialogue and the confrontation uh, as they talk about theological issues because they care about these theological issues and they're passionate about them. And uh, it's amazing that if the imam loses the debates, the Muslim community come to Christ. And so you can see that debates are culturally appropriate ways to contextualize with Muslims. Other times, as I've mentioned, Muslims uh, have had dreams or visions, so there's no need to debate Muslims or to go into controversy over these issues and so on. Uh, the gospel is central, and, uh, and they just need to be clarified their experiences that they're having with God, and that's the role of discipleship that we have with our Muslim friends. However, we must be uh, careful in how we share in debate. There's an Indian proverb that says, there's no point in cutting off a person's nose and then uh, giving them a rose to smell. Any apologist who first cuts off the nose, the person's proverbial nose, and then gives them a rose to smell, will see that they simply do not appreciate the smell of the rose. But if debate is done spiritually, scholarly, and the Christian speaker can stimulate a desire to search for eternal truth, then it can be profitable for all. Now, missionary leaders recognize that it's important to engage in difficult discussions with Muslims, especially when Muslims and Christians disagree on really important issues, such as the Trinity, Christ's deity, and the authenticity of our scriptures. However, some missionaries are concerned that using polemics or apologetics will simply cause argument, arguments and the desire to prove the Muslims wrong. And you need, to, uh, you need apologetics and polemics for an individual to see the world differently than they do. What is, is of concern is how you actually use the apologetics and how, how you actually use the polemics. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll seek the salvation of the soul that you're ministering and that you're loving and will be empowered to do that in a loving way. In fact, the most loving thing you can possibly do is answer a Muslim's question and offer them the truth and the hope for salvation. If I have somebody who's in my class of the thousands of students that I have had, if I notice that somebody is particularly uh, wanting to be offensive to Muslims or something like that, I spend a lot of time with that person in discipleship and try and, and help them in those areas of their life. But it is one of the most loving things we can do to share the truth of the gospel with Muslims in the hope of salvation. Dr. Miller, a missionary to Iran, once wrote, in the past, some very powerful books were written to demonstrate to Muslims the inadequacy of their faith. One of these was entitled The Bounds of 
truth, or in Arabic, Mizan al-Haq. It was published in Persian in an Arabic and produced an angry response from the, from the Muslims. However, it profoundly influenced a number of men who became outstanding Christians. As evangelicals, we can, uh, we can really have only one place of departure, and that is uh, the love of God and what the Bible teaches us. We have to ask what's right and what's true. But true sometimes may hurt. And uh, certainly Jesus found that and Paul found that in their confrontations with those who were Jews and with uh, other Gentiles that were on their missionary journeys. Sometimes truth hurts. And the most important act of love is certainly not to please the Muslims by withholding parts of the gospel, which he is not likely to agree with. Yes, you may have difficult conversations, but that's to be expected. And when speaking to a Muslim whose Quran denies the deity of Jesus, who will provide their salvation, it needs to be done. Paul did not shirk away from uh, controversy in the Areopagus in Acts 17. There he stood in the Areopagus speaking with those who worship multiple gods. In fact, some mocked him. However, others invited him to speak, and still others believed in Christ to whom he spoke to. In fact, the entire Old Testament could be argued to be a polemic against false gods, idols, and paganism. God has his people speak in no uncertain terms against idolatry and false gods. Stephen in the New Testament did not shirk away from the controversy when he sought to persuade the Jews and uh, was even stoned to death for his proclamation of the gospel. Apologetics and polemics are also relevant in conversion because it's not only, it not only is a, a tool that leads Muslims to Christ, but it's also a defensive strategy to, in discipleship to protect missionaries and others who are on the field. What I mean is that a strong apologetical or theological foundation coupled with a polemical understanding of the Islamic faith helps prevent missionaries from converting to Islam. Andres Maurer explains that South African Christians convert to Islam just like Muslims turn to faith in Christ. He says that the conversion door swings both directions. Also, I know of a, a missionary who was a, a 20-year missionary in India who uh, actually converted to Islam. He had a master's degree in, uh, from one of the top theological seminaries. And yet, he did not have a strong polemical understanding of the Islamic faith. And after 20 years on the mission field, his wife was writing to us and others asking what she should do about her husband who has this new faith in Islam. Can you imagine? So you need to know for yourself, before you go on the mission field, why you are Christians and not a Muslim. And these tra this training series will help prepare you for that, definitely. So no matter what, apologetics, polemics play a central role in missions to Muslims, whether it's to defend your own hearts and minds in discipleship and preparing young people, or to lead a Muslim to Christ. Even those who are converted and convinced through dreams and visions will need to be discipled and eventually come to those same questions that they have to answer either before their conversion or they need to answer those after their conversion. And that is when uh, you'll use apologetics. And they'll have questions about Islam after they convert, 
trying to understand why Islam is not true and why Christianity is, and then you'll need to be required to use polemics. And so the training will help provide that foundation for you. And in conclusion, as an evangelist and minister amongst Muslims, what do all these things mean for you and I? It's very simple. It just means to be prepared to be the tool God will use as you're collecting tools to be able to be effective with Muslim people, that God wants to use you as that tool that is effective with Muslims. If a Muslim asks you to pray, pray fervently with faith and believe that the Lord will show up with mighty miracles amongst them. If a Muslim wants you to do a Bible study, then know your, know your Bible and tell the story of the gospel and teach the truth to oral learners or whoever. If you're challenged to do a debate, don't shrink away. Don't fear Muslims. Perfect love casts out fear. Study hard and trust God that he will use you. Muslims are as different as there are people in this world. So we must be sufficiently trained to minister to as many Muslims as possible. Christian apologetics to Islam, Christian answers to Islam, is about leading the Muslim world to Christ. The answer to global Islam is the global church, where each of us are participating in the Great Commission, and each church is sending those to the Muslims around us and to reaching the Muslims throughout the world. And as you study to prepare, the more Muslims you'll be, uh, you'll be equipped to reach and reach out to them with love. Thank you very much.